And we're back with another episode of... Kiefer. <laughs> I barely knew her. The podcast where we watch a movie, uh, smoke a whole bunch of weed, and then uh, just really try to get some real realizations out of it. As you should. And Absolutely. As everybody should. Yeah. Uh, as always, we're joined by my lovely bee. Oh, hey, man. And my wonderful husband, Chris. How's it going? And tonight we have watched 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Such good a stuff. classic. <laughs> God, it's such a good movie. You've got red on you. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so uh, what, what are you excited to talk about? Honestly, the thing that I think was a very common trope in this movie was mm-hmm. the uh, parallels between zombies and people. Yeah, and yeah. I mean that in yeah. the exact <laughs> sense of that most people in everyday life are essentially zombies. Yeah, we're just... Going through, uh, eating brains. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you you, <laughs> you accidentally <laughs> added an extra vowel to bran, but... Well, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> um, I am actually really excited to talk about something that I am obsessed with and have been obsessed with for a while. You know this. Um, is the, the, the concept of uh, at what point are you risking your life to save someone and just killing yourself to try to save someone who can't be saved. <laughs> so um, like that kind whether of... or not you're risking your life or throwing it away. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, yes. No, that is, oh God, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. this movie especially. Yeah. Jesus so Christ. we'll get into that. I... <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to smoke up now, uh, get our brain juices flowing. And, uh... Feel free to do whatever you need to do to get to where we're about to get. And we'll see you there. And we're back. <laughs> and we're right. Yo. Um, so, Chris, uh, Shaun of the Dead, tell me, where did the story take you? So, I think the imagery that they were able to present the audience <laughs> throughout the movie. It mm-hmm. wasn't even just the introduction to the movie had the same actors that are zombies in the movie going through life. Yeah, as feature, just, featured extras. Yeah, so they were featured yeah. extras, then they were the zombies, and it was just... You went on a journey with them, too. <laughs> you do! He takes you through a whole thing, like a day in their life as people. <laughs> And then a day in their life as zombies. Yeah. And uh, not a ton of difference between the life of a zombie and Mm -hmm. the life of a cog (laughs) in society. Uh, It's just day in and day out slog of fulfilling your basic needs and then working your job so that those basic needs can be met. Yeah. What was great was the foreshadowing kind of throughout the movie that the people kind of retain a part of who they are. <laughs> like the yeah. first person that they yeah. show really that really, really presents it is Philip when he turns the music off yeah. in the jag. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, in uh, Stanley with a C, uh, their roommate Pete, he makes it all the way to the Winchester because he knows that's where Ed's going to be. Oh, my God. He went hunting for Ed. He wanted That's to get Ed. That's what that was. 100% yeah. wanted to get Ed. Oh, yeah. And you're right. He totally knew he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know what? I I don't know. I can't remember what my first example was, but there was also the part. Oh. Uh, oh, that it was Philip turning the yeah. uh, the radio off, mm-hmm. but. It was actually the uh, the corner store owner was oh, yeah. coming after him. That's trying right. To get he, the changed. whole time like, he, he was, was walking toward him, that's out. what he was doing. He wasn't like clawing at the air. <laughs> he was, he was like, like, where's like, the rest of the money you owe exactly. me, bro? Wow. You left with product you didn't pay for. <laughs> you know? So there was that guy, and then there was Philip. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Stanley with a C was going mm-hmm. after uh, Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. I mean, it's just, it was throughout the movie. And then, to add insult to injury, I guess, almost, they had zombies doing the normal low-level manual labor stuff that people normally do. Mm -hmm. So now, (laughs) there's that Mm -hmm. whole situation. But yeah, it was uh, the parallels that that he was able to put in there and the imagery that he (laughs) showed throughout the entire movie that just played to it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel kind of bad because I called it a trope in the movie, but it was really kind of a key point of the movie <laughs> was that aspect of the zombies that we already are. Yeah. I've been talking this whole time and I completely haven't brought up the uh, conversation that I had with that buddy of mine. And uh, we were talking about friends and you know, they're just... A lot of our friends who are just, you know, man, I can't believe I'm, you know, 35, 36, 38, whatever. And, uh, you know, it seems like just yesterday I graduated. But it was because they kind of fell into that that zombie state of just making it day in and day out and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the time flies when you fall into it. And I feel like I fell into it for a while there. And it's rough trying to get out of it but i mean that's all you are you're a zombie you're just basic needs are being met Mm -hmm. and then you work to continue meeting those basic needs yeah yeah it's hard to to break out of it once you're in it he talked about the reason that for some people it doesn't seem like time has flown is because they've spent their time doing things that's very true so there's that other side of it some people don't see it that way some people don't look at their their watch and and are shocked to see that and so yeah you want to strive to be one obviously <laughs> absolutely i think it's not falling into that routine and rut i'm gonna make those changes yeah. you know kind of thinking about it if the entire world were zombies mm-hmm. probably be a much safer world <laughs> what wait what because everybody's a zombie You don't ever think about zombie on zombie crime. Oh, man. It's a much safer world if everybody were zombies. (laughs) For zombies. For zombies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That actually, right before this, we were talking about that uh, other um, Night of the Living Dead movie, whichever in the series with John Leguizamo. A bunch of other people. Mid-aughts. But that... Like there was a like those towns full of zombies and they were just kind of going about their vague daily tasks and everyone was doing just fine. And so obviously it was super violent when the guys, you know, came through came with through their and kill bands murdering and, them all. Yeah. But yeah, they were doing fine. They weren't they weren't hunting anyone right? down. I don't know what they were living off of, but 
Who knows? They maybe they were eating animal brains. Mm. <laughs> Deer I could see off it. the path, yeah. That's... You know, maybe they learned how to do some crude traps. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of opportunity there. <laughs> or they could have just been like, you know, we don't really need to eat. Come <laughs> the rudimentary lathe. <laughs> But yeah, maybe they just kind of waste away over time. You know? In, in all the zombie movies that, yeah, usually as time progresses, they're a little more skin and bone. Or not skin and bone. <laughs> they're a little more bone. Yeah. And not much else. Then there's the ones that were kind of gluttony and their, their <laughs> stomachs are all blown oh, out. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a really great sort of uh, theme throughout yeah. the movie. I think it was a theme. It wasn't a trope or anything like that. It was a theme in the movie. But um, I wanted to, to point something I noticed this last time we watched it um, was at the end when they're uh, in the basement of the bar. Yeah. And he's all upset and she's like, you tried. That's what, what mattered. And that's when I came to the realization that this whole whole movie is just saying hey if you fail it's not the end of the world even with all of this shit going down every failure wasn't the end of the world that's the a really world kept going that's another fun theme mm-hmm. you know something that kind of plays on that theme yeah. as well was apparently all sean needed was an apocalypse to change <laughs> that was it that was all yeah. just an apocalypse not much Zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, well, if you think about it, uh, a lot of the people who died yeah. were people who refused change. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, and you know. Yeah, Ed refused to grow up. Um, Damn. The, David refused to accept that Simon was now seen as a strong leader. Oh, my God. Uh, his girlfriend refused to accept that he was dying. Uh, his mother refused <laughs> to... Well, I this is a, a long shot, but she refused to uh, let go of his father because she wore a fucking necklace that his dad gave her right. the whole time she, she was, was married, married to, to this other guy. I mean... Or Philip. It's, it's like, that's nice, but okay, can we move on with our lives, please? I, I'd like to know that I've, you know... Hold a, the specialist place in your heart right now while you're alive. <laughs> Man. And and Philip refused to change. He treated He ran it Sean under a cold way... tap, B. He was fine. <laughs> okay? He ran it under a cold tap. But he treated Sean the way he always did. Because he refused to change. And then at the very end, he admitted that he was sorry for being that way. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, um... One of the things that uh, that I was thinking about, um, <laughs> and you know, it's hilarious, but. is the the prompt that I wrote for myself mm-hmm. is the thoughts that came to me when his stepdad died. Mm. That was that was the prompt. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm remembering the thoughts that came to me. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> that I'm was the problem. There. I couldn't <laughs> remember them. So the thoughts that came to me were he had spent so much time mm-hmm. defining. This situation that he was in with Philip and his mom and all that other shit. Philip is his stepdad. Mm -hmm. Dude's 28 years old. 
and it's still running around. He's not he's my 29. dad. He's 29. Oh, he's 29. Sorry. Yeah. He's not my dad. He's my stepdad. <laughs> Every time. Anytime anybody Every ever time. even suggests it. He's been his stepdad since he was 12. Since he was 12. 17 my... years. Although, no, no, to be fair. Uh, my mom remarried when I was in college, and every time somebody refers to him as my stepdad, I'm like, it's my mother's husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't raise me. There's some difference in that situation. <laughs> but I concede. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was this whole crazy situation where, <laughs> again... Sean was forced to change. He couldn't mm-hmm. kill Philip. He was supposed to. That was the whole plan. He was supposed to go in there. He was supposed to kill Philip. Yeah. He was supposed to get his mom. He was supposed to bring <laughs> her up. Philip was still alive at the time. That's a hard one to explain when they, your mom doesn't know that zombies are outside. Like that's... that's It is a difficult one to explain, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure his mom would have gone with it based on kind of her personality. <laughs> And also the fact that she was still wearing a necklace oh, that you brought yeah, up. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was his situation where he didn't follow through. He didn't make it the change that he yeah. needed to in his mm-hmm. life. And then he was kind of forced into it because Philip died. And yeah. then they lost their mode of transportation and everything uh, got real dangerous. And you know why they lost their mode of transportation from Ed? is because... Sean trusted Ed when he knew he shouldn't. Oh, Once man. again. Once again. But you're so right. <laughs> he trusted Ed and he mm-hmm. shouldn't have trusted Ed. So mm-hmm. not only did he not follow through on the thing that he said that he needed to do, mm-hmm. he then continued to trust Ed after Ed had fucked up their other transportation. Mm-hmm. So he knew that he couldn't be trusted. And he still did yeah. it. <laughs> and then they lost another transportation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, B. Yeah. So so he had to learn from his mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had to keep pushing forward. And he was forced to because of the zombies. Like, they just kept getting closer. You're not... Like, if you fail and you're upset, you don't get to just sit and be sad. Right. You have to keep moving forward no matter what. You have to keep making choices. You have to change. Oh, and he had to continue to get rid of the crutches that he was carrying with him. Like the cr- like the life, like it was his crutch. It's not my dad, he's my stepdad. It oh, was his wow. crutch. His mom was his crutch oh. in life. Like he now had you're to... just listing things he loves. <laughs> no, but like. <laughs> no. no, no, I. But his excuses, they were all yes, his excuses. Exactly. He had to get rid of all of his excuses. That's a, a better way of saying it, I think, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just thought about all that while we were talking here. That's pretty cool. I I like this. Some good shit here. (laughs) (laughs) But that makes me um, think back to the beginning of the movie when she's telling Sean what she wants, you know, in order (laughs) to keep the relationship going. (laughs) Um, She's saying she wants adventure. She wants, you know, she wants this and that and to do stuff. And it just seems like this impossible feat to him. You know, in the beginning of the movie, and by the end of it, it was so is that easy. the adventure she was looking for? You know, <laughs> but yeah, like they, she didn't want adventure. She just didn't know how to say what she wanted. She wanted a future. She wanted progress. She wanted to, you know, move forward in life and not just sit. No, I get what you're saying. The um, 
they've been in this relationship for such a long time and it has mm-hmm. been the exact same thing every single mm-hmm. day. They are the zombies yeah. that are being represented in yeah. this movie. And I think something to think about that is really interesting that I just thought about literally just yeah. just a little bit oh, ago. Oh man, those brain juices. <laughs> they've been flowing because <laughs> I've been smoking. <laughs> Uh, the dichotomy between Yvonne and Sean, mm-hmm. it is, I had never considered this. They are the same person, essentially, mm-hmm. the exact same friend group, Yeah. like the exact same friend group makeup. Yvonne is successful. Mm-hmm. Sean is a zombie. And it is showing us that you can have these people being the exact same people, but the decisions you make whether it's <laughs> to trust your your crazy friend to do <laughs> things that you know you can't trust him to do or yeah, not. Just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the difference is, is Yvonne hit the point that Sean hit in this movie just a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She like she's she's been doing well for for a bit there. For a bit, yeah. They she just bought a house, you know, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. And uh, I'm pretty sure that all of her friends made it out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see a speck of blood on her. Nothing. Nothing. And she was totally yeah. thrown off by the fact that they were going to the Winchester. And and she was so nice. She brought the military to them to come right? save them. She said, you know, I thought we'd come uh come get you. Because this was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't my place to say yeah. that at the time. Right? You could have been right. right. At, I don't know. Maybe you knew something I didn't. Apparently you didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought yeah. that that was a really interesting situation. Mm-hmm. They are in the exact same situations for the most part. But the decisions yeah. that they make have she put them in a completely... represents his potential. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found it. Yeah. <laughs> you found it, B. You found it. I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Now watch. I bet you there's an uh, interview somewhere where Simon Pegg has said all of this. <laughs> and we're just, we're just in here. We're like, whoa, man. We just came up with this book. Dude. We are not trained uh, film film. anything. Yeah, (laughs) and we don't read film talkers. (laughs) (laughs) We just watch movies. Yeah, and come up with our own ideas. (laughs) I like them. Um. But before we get too far from the idea of uh, Simon changing whether he wanted to or not, um, I wanted to bring up something that I had noticed also and had brought up to you, that throughout the entire seven-eighths of the movie, (laughs) (laughs) everybody's looking to Sean and asking what the plan is. Yeah. Everybody, but you know, especially Liz, every time, what's the plan? What are we doing? What's the plan? What's the plan? He was Very really in... John McClaning it though. Yeah. I really feel like he was no, doing sure, it specifically but... because nobody else was stepping up. But at the very end, 
he asked her what the plan was. Oh, man. So does that mean that he's relinquished some sort of control that he needed over the situation? He feels more secure now? And honestly, if you listen to what she says the plan is, this sounds like something they do pretty much every day. And they are both, like, jazzed about it. They're like, 100%. Yes. Like, 100%. pop into the pub, because that's what we do. <laughs> yep. It's going to be another great day. Yeah. But that's the thing is that they didn't have to change their lives to not be zombies anymore. They just had to actually make goals. Like, that's the, the baby step to not being a zombie anymore. Setting a goal. Yeah. Once you achieve that goal, that's growth. You're moving forward now. That's all it takes. Sometimes it takes an apocalypse. <laughs> you know? To light that fire, yeah, yeah. Other times it takes <laughs> other substances. But yeah, lighting a fire. Yeah. You know, being able to see past the problem and move forward. <laughs> really like this whole conversation already. Yeah. Just this has been a lot of fun. That Yvonne is his potential. And, yeah. Uh, Which awesome. is great because she looks like she's doing really well. She really does. <laughs> she really does. That, that's exciting for Sean that he, he could maybe get he that far. He could be there. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Well, now that we've had you know such heartfelt conversations about all this stuff, and uh, I'd like to move forward into something a lot darker. <laughs> um, the concept of dying to save someone that you are definitely not going to save. And um, the example here obviously being um, uh, the uh, girlfriend, boyfriend in the bar. I can never. It's a, is it? David is the guy. I can't remember her name ever. I can't either. I just hear her saying his name. Always. Daphs. <laughs> um, when David gets pulled out the window and just torn apart, limbs removed. Disemboweled. Yes, inside out. She grabs a leg and runs into the zombies to save him, but he's already dead. She has taken the leg of the person she is trying to save. Yes. And is utilizing it as a blunt instrument. Like, has she considered the fact that, I mean, she says she has first aid training. She knows that losing a leg most likely means the... Femoral artery is, is cut there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty important That's the leg artery. one, right? Yeah. Well, the arm one probably would have gotten taken out, too. Absolutely. As that was Also, I'm pretty sure his head well. came off, so yeah. then you had the jugular <laughs> as all well. All that business. So, yeah, all the major arteries <laughs> would have then been severed mm-hmm. by the time she made it to the door. Not having unlocked or unbarred it. Yeah. Just having made it to yes. the door. Mm-hmm. All of the major arteries had been severed. Yeah. The only thing she had going for her is that most of the attention was on getting inside of the bar. <laughs> and so she probably was able to get by one or two. But I will confess, I have seen the special features on the DVD. Yeah? Uh, she was supposed to have survived. Oh, really? Yeah. Logically, in this situation, she would not. But no. logically, there wouldn't be zombies, I guess. I don't know. why. Um... <laughs> so I have a question to kind of add on to your question mm-hmm. of uh, this whole situation of whether you are risking your life or throwing your life away. Yeah. At what point 
do you also have to take into consideration the other lives being thrown away? Because her going out that door gave the zombies a point of ingress. Oh, yeah. So then... I mean, they were going to come in, but they got in way faster. They got in way faster, and they had two yeah. points of entry at that That's... point. You know? You're right. She just wasn't so she'd only, all there. She not only threw away her own life. Mm-hmm. She threw away the lives of everybody in the bar, or at least took away a huge portion of their chance. Yeah. Okay. So we'll say she made poor choices because she was so distraught. <laughs> And she is prone to being dramatic because she is a woman and an actress. God damn, me. Jeez. But I will... will Reel it back. I will throw this... (laughs) Obviously. This other one at you. Different movie. Big Hero 6. Yeah. The... Older brother. Older brother runs into a burning building, tells his young orphaned brother somebody has to help or whatever... And runs in it, and it explodes. <laughs> I appreciate that somebody has to help, but you are not a trained firefighter. You are more likely to cause injury to yourself or others than to actually help. And now you have left your orphaned like, young brother all by himself again in an even worse situation. The situation was already bad. He didn't even know if anybody was inside. He just assumed and ran in. That is not smart, uh, but that is, I guess, fridging someone. So <laughs> Yeah, 100% a fridge situation. There are people who would make that choice in yeah. life, and there are considerations to be had. This is just, this is something that haunts me. This is something that just runs, every time we see in a movie somebody make a, a terrible choice for their own life and safety for no reason, so in the, just, in the way you feel about this is the way mm-hmm. that I feel about my inability to do a pull-up. Yes. Every time you're like, oh, my God, I wouldn't gonna survive get this. Me. It's going to get me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Stay on main floors, basements if you can. Uh, then you won't ever have to do pull-ups. I mean, basements, you could be in a bad situation. They're, I mean, first floors, unless there's stairs. It is very... Uh, Unlikely somebody would have a pit in their basement. So you're <laughs> probably going to be okay. Fair. Ceilings tend to be low. You're very tall. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you got some points. Yeah. Uh, something else about uh, the lady we can't remember her name. <laughs> I feel terrible about this. You should probably oh, just gosh. look it up. Diane. Was it Diane? I thought yeah. it was, but then I was like, Is Yeah, it's it? Diane. Yeah. I don't know if there would ever be a situation in which I would feel comfortable or confident enough to try and throw a dart <laughs> as a weapon in a situation when somebody was holding somebody, something else back and I had to try to hit oh my the person being held back. I, I don't feel like there is ever, no. No. not ever. But I will say that there shouldn't be reason to. Uh that's a slow-moving zombie, and that dart is just as sharp in your hand. You could walk up to them and stick it in their front. Like, you don't have to throw this dart. Be it might saying, not kill them, but you could do some damage. You can remove all of the required skill by <laughs> taking a few steps forward. 
it it seemed like an obvious choice to me. I don't know. Obviously, the zombie was occupied with Sean at the time. Yeah. So you could just walk right up to it. Um, they they don't startle easily. So. Maybe she needed that degree of separation. <laughs> you know, I didn't actually touch but, it. You know, I threw something and it was in the way. It was in the way. You know, she's been helpful the whole time, though. The whole time. The entire time. She was really helpful. She gave Sean the weapon in the backyard. She pulled it out of the ground and tossed it to him and then explained to him how to use it. How to do it. (laughs) She helped with the teaching lessons. She was... uh, she was much more helpful than the guys were. Absolutely. I'll say. Yeah. That was yeah. another. Even Liz seemed to be getting into it. Oh, yeah. She was just like, ooh, in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I love it. <sighs> I have to say, I loved, I loved the way that she looked at him. The whole movie. Yeah, she was mad at him and she wanted change, but she wanted a future with him. Every time he fucked up, she smiled. <laughs> He handed her flowers, and she saw that it said to a wonderful mom. And she saw his reaction, and she just smiled. Ear to ear, just listening to his him babble a terrible excuse. Oh, my God. And then when he went to jump over the fences and he fell, she smiled. She <laughs> adored him. It did do a really, really great sweet. job of her representing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cute, I thought. Oh, but we got way off target here. Yeah, we did. Speaking <laughs> of targets. Speaking of Jesus. targets, damn it, I was okay. You, yeah, I'll let you have you, it. No, that was that was you again <laughs> with your accidental puns. Jesus. Shit. Well, I guess I quit. Speaking of throwing darts into people, I actually <laughs> did get a dart thrown at me um, when I was a kid. Oh my god! We at my grandparents' house and. Um, they just had a, a big dartboard out in the yard, and my brother was throwing darts. Like lawn like, darts? Regular darts. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he threw one and it hit my leg, and like I could see the dot for, for years. But, oh, man. Um, I didn't realize that lawn darts were different than darts. Oh. So one time somebody mentioned lawn darts, and I was like, oh, I got hit by a lawn dart once. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was a dart in the lawn. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's what I was, yeah. But yeah, that's oh, my Oh man. Story. So I was living in North Carolina at the time, and uh, there was this bar across the street from the hotel I was working at, and it was downtown Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not, not great things happened all the times in downtown mm-hmm. Charlotte. Yeah, it's a weird way of. <laughs> nicely saying it. <laughs> so there was this one situation that ended up going down at this bar and this dude just grabbed a handful of darts and threw them at somebody. But Ooh. obviously when you just grab a handful of darts in a bar uh, and throw them, yeah, you're going to hit some people. Yeah. And this one person caught one just straight in the cheek. <gasps> Oh, God. Just right in the cheek. Ambulance showed up. They had her on the stretcher. And it's just this dart coming out of the side of her face. Dude. Um, I was working that night across the street. Apparently, for the longest time, she would go there and she'd tell the story because... 
<laughs> they gave her free drinks for life. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that had a much happier ending than I thought it would. Right? I don't know if that last part's true or not, but that's that's what I heard. That's the lore. That's the lore that surrounds it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting situation, though. Yeah. God, that was that was a really interesting job. <laughs> Overnights in hotels. Woo! <laughs> now it's time for the bees in my bonnet. These are the ideas and thoughts that just keep bouncing around in my head, and I just got to get them out, otherwise they won't go away. So, uh, for one, this is something that I love and I think is adorable, and I, I know that there are so many other um comparisons and and all that meta film stuff uh with Simon Pegg and and these the movies that he does but the three movies of his uh Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz and The World's End all involve jumping fences <laughs> jumping garden fences yeah. I don't know if this is just a thing that he's always wanted to do in his life but these three movies feature jumping garden fences, and I think it's adorable. The first one, he can't do it. Um, the second, the second one, one, he's a one, he's fucking a, champ. He is a master of it. The third one, I think he gets away with it pretty okay, but... He does uh, all right. I, I can't remember quite. <laughs> it's been a bit. It has. <laughs> um, Fuck, man, and Hot Fuzz. Just, yeah. God, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> So every time I see him jump a fence, I, I just snigger to myself. <laughs> like, oh, he probably always wanted to. <laughs> um, I also wanted to uh, make a special note of, uh, or appreciation of how Ed always looked at Sean's mom. We know <laughs> that that he would make sexual references to her, to Sean, but I thought it was lovely that he really looked like he would fuck her. Like, he looked like he would, like, hit that. <laughs> the way that he would just concede or change or be okay with her to asking him to not oh, do something. Anything she asked. Oh, anything for you, Barbara. Yeah. That was essentially what he said every time. The way he time. would smile and wink at her. Oh, man. So charming. She loved it, too. She did. Oh. <laughs> uh. But I, I appreciated that, you know, if he was going to tease his friend about it, he was at least willing to. <laughs> <laughs> he would back it up. He would 100% back it up. <laughs> I'm not going to take that joke opportunity. <laughs> it was too easy. I rolled it out there for you. <laughs> no, I didn't. You didn't take my joke opportunity. I missed it. I said it was too easy. Oh, oh. damn <laughs> Oh, you're, now like you're oh. <laughs> And honestly, really, my, my last main question, uh, the, the bee in my bonnet that I just can't seem to get rid of is, where should we go if zombies attacked? Oh, what man. are we supposed to do? Because my whole life I always thought the mall was the place to go. Because <laughs> it had so many stores and things you could get into, but it seems to be a death trap so much, so many times. It really is. There's so many yeah. movies that show, and, I mean, zombie movies specifically, mm -hmm. TV shows oh, that yeah. show that malls are a bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. You think that, you know, the multiple points of 
Egress will help you, but they do not. They do not, because that's multiple points of ingress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, okay, consider uh, where we are right now. We used to live in the city. Right. Right now we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Pretty much. I would say if zombies attacked, we would need height. We would need to get up somewhere where we could see around us at all times and take the shifts. Red Rider BB gun would because come in handy. zombies don't generally look up. As far <laughs> as I'm aware, if you're quiet, these zombies in this movie, they didn't have the rage. They were pretty quiet and, and slow. So you had some time. Like you could see one coming a mile away in the middle of nowhere if you needed to and you can climb down, kill it, come back, climb back up. <laughs> You're okay again. See, I, I want us to get to the point where we're set up. We want I want us to get set up like Nick Offerman at some point. From The Last of Us or yeah. from Parks and Rec? Maybe, yes. <laughs> I don't know which one. He may be better in Parks and Rec. Yeah. I don't know. He might be more prepared. <laughs> he seems like he's a little more adaptable in Parks and Rec. <laughs> I will be set up like that. That's That would be... Right. But if we don't have time to fortify, like where's your where's your immediate go to? We we couldn't stay in this house. Yeah, this house wouldn't do great. Yeah, no. We need to buy a new house, I guess. Yeah. One that we could escape zombies from. Exactly. We should make sure that's on the listing. Zombie apocalypse ready. What is your MLS number? So we like to give ratings to these movies, uh Keefy Bowl ratings to uh gauge how many Keefy Bowls it would take to kind of talk through the, the stories and plot here. And uh, for Shaun of the Dead, I think that we came to the consensus that it was about four Keefy Bowls. Yep, four. Um, we barely scratched the surface on some of this stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Especially where B was talking about how the people who refused to change were the people who died. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of mm-hmm. very good parallel to life, just in real life. But yeah, uh, there's just a lot that you can get down to the nitty gritty of <laughs> and really <laughs> have some realizations. Yeah. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Kiefer, I Barely Knew Her. And uh, if you enjoy the show and feel like we deserve it, definitely give us a like or subscribe. Leave a comment. You can find us on Instagram at Kiefer, I-B-K-H. Or on our website at keferibkh.com. And we always have to give credit to the wonderful, <laughs> wonderful Kevin McLeod. 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 For the music. <laughs> and keep an eye out for new episodes on Tuesdays. And uh, hopefully you'll come back and join us and see where the story takes us. 